Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. And we're back. It's been a while. It hasn't been just you and me, Matt. Man, we've been having guests on like crazy. I just haven't been able to just been up be us again so this is kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> it's fun and, and we're back and uh, we're back yeah and i'm trying something out i'm trying something out uh, a little bit more relaxed so kinda. some of the guys in pure freedom they're bugging me lately they're going hey 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 <laughs> <laughs> now people are going to come up to you and we're back yeah yeah that's right that's right it's like i'm a late night dj welcome <laughs> and we're back <laughs> well, I'm happy to be back with the marriage master over here. Oh, hardly, right. hardly, but thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, just doing my best, doing my part. Oh, man, <laughs> if, if I didn't have you for my marriage, it'd be something else. But oh. no, it's it's great. Can my marriage be a fair proof? It's such a good thing that we're going to chat about today. And uh, yeah, I always love chatting marriage with you and mm. learning every time. But this is a this is a great topic. Can my marriage be a fair proof? Yeah, really good question. Um, we're just going to give the understanding with this first off that, you know, can my marriage be a fair proof? Well, nothing is a fully proof from everything, anything. Uh, and why we say that is because if you have kind of the understanding of that, oh no, we're rock solid, nothing will ever happen to us. We're going to make it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think what happens is you rest on your laurels, you stop working, you stop investing in your marriage and you just kind of ride it out. And then that's when the cracks form. So why we say, you know, no to that, to that question. We don't mean a, a hard no. We mean 
in the sense that we always need to be growing and moving forward. And then we can have a strong marriage that can withstand those storms and withstand some of those temptations and withstand the things the enemy throws our way. So um, really, we need to lean on God first and he's the one that provides that strength. And then as we love each other, as we, we should out of that, then yes, our marriage can be strong and we can be not as susceptible to these things. Uh, I think that, you know, we need to be moving forward and growing and always moving forward and growing. Otherwise, yes, we are laying bad groundwork where we, you know, we can be susceptible to some of these things that can start to eke their way in. And when it comes to affairs and marriage, they don't happen overnight. It's a it's a slow process and eventually it gets to that point, but it's a gradual thing of making decisions or not making decisions. And we can come to a point where you're like, who am I? How did I get here? And we know that there's some listeners out there that this has been part of your story. And we just want to say, we don't want to be glib about this or crass about this because we know the pain is real. But this is something I think that anyone who has gone down this journey of infidelity, you know, how great would it have been to address it, you know, a long time ago? instead of, yeah. you know, <laughs> dealing with the pain right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's important to have that humble posture, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of uh, of when God sent manna down from heaven and he sent the manna every day, just enough for that day. But there wasn't leftover for the next day, but the next day came and there was manna for that day too. And mm-hmm. and uh, it's that picture of every single day we've got we've to look to heaven for what we need and we've got to guard our hearts and we've got to, understand that there's things in that day where we're going to be hungry like we're going to we're going to maybe feel weak but there's there's the proper food or the proper spirit or proper goods to to feast on mm-hmm. and we got to guard ourselves every day and I remember John Maxwell leadership expert uh, that a lot of people know he I remember he, hearing him say he's like I never thought that I would I would have an affair like I always just thought like I'll never do that But then he's like, but then I heard it was a study or something, but all these husbands given feedback uh, after their affairs and, and he's like, they also thought they would never have an affair and then they fell into it. So I remember him saying like, I can't think that I'll never do it. I just need to protect myself and guard my heart and guard my marriage and have this openness and be wise and understand that we don't know what the future will hold, but we can know that we can guard mm-hmm. our hearts every day and we can get grounded in the right truths. And I remember my my wife is so cute. We were doing premarital counseling and and our counselors were giving us advice on conflict resolution and they were talking for quite a while to mm-hmm. us. And then they said, how does that sound to you guys? And, and Louise said, I don't like it. And I was surprised and they were confused and they were like, what do you mean you don't like it? She's like, I just don't like the thought of ever being mad at Matthew. <laughs> like, oh, that's so cute. That's so cute. But then we get married and this rude awakening comes, right? Like, okay, there's going to be conflict. And that's just a, a necessity, really. It's part of marriage. And so to have the right expectation that there will be trouble, there will mm-hmm. be turmoil that comes, but you can guard yourself every day. And even, Brad, you can speak to this, but but dealing with, with trouble or dealing with conflict is, mm-hmm. is actually a good thing, right? Yeah, it's an opportunity. Conflict is an opportunity. It's so funny you brought that up. We just taught a pre-marriage class yesterday and we were talking about conflict to how we often have this bad understanding of it in our society that if you have any conflict in your marriage, then maybe you married the wrong person. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> but conflict's inevitable in marriage. It's an opportunity though to grow in your intimacy if you deal with it in a healthy way. Um, so we don't want to avoid conflict and we don't want to go looking for fights, but it's a part of marriage. And so often there's these cultural understandings that we brought into marriage about what we think it's going to look like. 
conflict is one of them and not only that but what we think marriage is about you know we really have this understanding out of based out of movies and and music and media that marriage is about my happiness about me 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 you know this person makes me happy you know how great is that and also that if if this person makes me happy this is my my soulmate you know this is the person that you know just completes my life you remember that old jerry Maguire quote you completely yeah, complete should i say me. that are we is do we have to pay somebody to say that maybe not <laughs> Well, there's no copyright to that. But anyways, that old Jerry Maguire movie, uh, You Complete Me. Oh, my goodness. Like, I think that quote is so widespread that everybody oh, would have to be paying That's fine. true. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Pretty common thing in this world. You complete me. Yeah. But that's such a, a bad understanding about marriage. You know, it's actually based out of, um, man, I'm going back historical here, but it comes from old philosophy uh, based out of Greek mythology, Plato. Um, he thought that, uh, here I'm teaching something here. I don't even know why I'm doing this, but hey, we're going to talk about it. But Plato had this idea that man at one point were homogenous, meaning that male and female existed as one. And the gods were jealous of that, so they separated man and woman. And man and woman, once separated, have been trying ever since to reconnect to become homogenous again. And that's where this idea of soulmate, of you complete me, comes from. And it's not based in the Bible. It's not based in reality either, because really, if you have that understanding um, of looking to someone to complete you, you're always going to be looking to fill a need out of whatever relationship you're in. And the Bible has a different view, right, Matt? Like when we think of love, it really is about a sacrificial, it's about serving. And it really is based in more what I can give into the relationship versus what I can extract out of it. It is sacrificial and it is about giving and I, I read a book one time actually that that does speak to what you're saying from the bible is and the the way they put it is adam the first man adam mm-hmm. actually means mankind and mm-hmm. so because a, a a woman came out of his rib that that woman was always in him so adam was like both men and women is i'm not saying that this is right. true i'm saying this is the, what <laughs> this the, is the idea yeah. Yeah. yeah and so like oh wow that's that's interesting way to it. I don't know if I see it that way, but I think that God created the woman to uh, to be a helpmate. Uh, biblically, really, the picture is that God created Adam, God created Eve, but He created them to to complete each other on maybe a human level. But humans are always imperfect. They're both completed in the Lord. They're both complete in God. And so when we have this understanding that we're like you're saying, Brad, and we're made to be sacrificial and to give and to love each other, to respect each other, we can only give something that we already have. And so we have love from God. We have respect from God. We have the ability to see and affirm people from God because he affirms us and he sees us. And so I like to say, like, we're not here to be loved. Mm-hmm. We're here to love because we, we are already loved. And so if we're in this marriage and we're going, well, they don't, they, they're not completing me. They're not satisfying me. They're not loving me or respecting me. Yeah. And therefore I'm empty or therefore uh, what am I supposed to do? We're actually making our idol or, or our spouse an idol yeah. because we're trying to get something from our spouse that we should get from God. And so a lot of people that have affairs, they say, well, I had an affair because my spouse wasn't giving me what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this whole exposure of, wow, that's an idol that you've got in your life and you got to yeah. look back at the Lord and get what you need from him. Yeah. Oh, so true. Uh, Les Parrott had a great quote about that, actually. And I'm going to butcher it. So sorry, Les Parrott, if you ever listen to our podcast. I hope he does. But <laughs> anyways, uh, he said that if you don't do the hard work of being complete on your own, 
be in that vertical relationship with God, every relationship out of that will be looking to complete yourself. And that's unhealthy. That's good. So if we're going into marriage that way, then, you know, we're always looking to, to hit that happiness button. You know, that, that day that is that person hit that button. I mean, and we're seeing a lot of this in the news right now of, of different high profile, you know, couples, whatever else that have gone outside of their marriage. I mean, <laughs> that happens a lot, but you know, the, and I've heard this, you know, one of the women that, that cheated on her husbands, I don't need to say names, but I remember hearing an interview and she was saying, basically, I just want it to feel good again. I just want it to be happy again. And I remember that struck a chord with me because I'm like, that's exactly what that quote refers to. If you're not complete on your own, you're going to look for completion in whatever relationship you're in. And that won't work because they can't do that for you. <laughs> marriage can't do that for you. That has to come from God first. And, and then out of that vertical relationship, then we're able to love our neighbor and our closest neighbor is our spouse. You know, that if maybe look to that first. I mean, if we're talking about a fair proofing your marriage, what's your vertical relationship with God like? What are you doing to invest in that relationship? And I think Matt had a great point here. You know, like often we have the hard time of receiving that from God. And I think that's the work that we need to do because it already is already there for us. If we are a Christ follower, God's love is there for us. He accepts us fully. We have full intimacy with him or can, you know, and, and that's his invitation. And we have that full affirmation and love ready at the ready for us. And often as humans, we just have a hard time receiving that. You know, we look to other things except God. So um, I think that's where that, that work comes in is we just got to give into that, surrender to that, that God already accepts you and loves you. And he, you have that full completion in him. Yeah, that's good. So what do you need from the Lord? Like right now, what do you need from God? What what are you looking for in life that he can give you that maybe you're looking for in your spouse or maybe you're looking for in something else? It might be an affirmation or, or a purpose or even just community or love. Like maybe you feel alone in your marriage and you're just looking for mm-hmm. someone to love you. And God is going, I just want to pour my love out to you right now. And I want you to spend time with me and I want you to commit, you know, half an hour with me every yeah. day. And maybe that's something that you can do to to a fair proof your marriage to go, man, I'm going to I'm going to live complete, even though maybe my marriage isn't good, even though my spouse is unhealthy right now, I'm going to pursue wholeness and fullness in God, in Christ, because then I'm not living empty. Mm-hmm. And this is this is cool. At the end of Ephesians five, it's talking about uh, husbands, love your wives and, and wives respect your husbands. And it says, let the wife see that she respects her husband. And I would say the same for the other way. Let the husband see that he loves his wife. And it's neat when you're talking about you want to, uh, I forget how you said Braden, but like you, like a woman wants to feel like she's a woman. Man wants to feel like you're a man. You want to get that feeling. And so sometimes we go outside of the marriage to have an affair. It's just, okay, I finally feel like a woman again. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. Oh man, she made me feel like a man again. And my wife just nags at me all the time. But what this is saying is let the wife see that she respects her husband. So what is it to be a woman, to feel like a woman or to feel like a man? Well, to me, if my wife is not doing well and if I'm not getting what I supposedly need from my wife, but I'm still choosing to love her and to lay my life down for her and to sacrificially mm-hmm. cherish her and nourish her and, and do what I can to make her feel loved, that's pretty manly. Yeah, 100%. I don't. I don't need to get what she, what I want from her in order yeah. to feel like a man. Yeah. And so it's same for a woman. It's like, let the wife see that she respects her husband because if the wife is going, man, that things aren't going great right now, but I'm going to respect him no matter what, how he treats me. I'm going to respect mm-hmm. him. I'm going to love her. I'm going to, and vice versa, love and respect the other way too. But 
How cool is that? That it's a different take on what is it to be a woman or what is it to yeah. be a man than what the world says. Totally. It's a way different view of, of, of that and a, and a better one because aren't we all more inclined to finger point and to blame yeah. and to um, whatever, you know, we, we're more inclined to do that. And even when we're reading the Bible, you know, like, hey, this is what it says you should be doing for me. Look here. That verse isn't for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, That's right. guys, as husbands, you know, we do, this happens all the time. You tell your wives, you're supposed to submit to me or whatever else. I'm sorry, guys, that verse isn't for you. Okay. Look at the verse that, that God spelled out for you. You're supposed to lay, lay your life down for your spouse. Yeah. That's for you. That's for you guys. And in women, same thing. And that doesn't mean that we don't need to tell um, our spouses what we what we do need um, in a sense of uh, health. Talking about, you know, we need to connect more or building that intimacy as far as that, the lines of communication being open. That's really important. But what I mean here is more so um, this idea that, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing for me instead of looking in the mirror. What are you supposed to be doing, <laughs> right? And I think that when we love each other this way, it's an invitation. More often than anything, you know, when Kristen, my wife, when she, she's such a great wife and she, she loves me. So, and I see that all the time that gives me such an invitation to want to reciprocate and not that I shouldn't be doing that on my own, but man, like the way that she loves and the way that she's sacrificial in that love. And she really challenges me and convicts me to be a better husband. And so that's what we can do for each other in this too. You try to love each other. <laughs> and I think if you have that mindset, then instead you stop looking at, hey, this person isn't doing this for me or this, this, or this. And sometimes we need to have necessary conversations about, hey, I need you to do this for me. But it's different. Like, can you hear the difference? Right? Like, and I think that's really what's key because that's when we start looking outside of our marriage. We start talking to somebody else. We start we start looking to somebody else to to really fill those needs that we that we feel that we have. And and that's when we stop going to our spouse. I mean, we probably have stopped going to our spouse before that point. Yeah. You know, we're not doing that anymore. So we're way more susceptible to looking outside of the marriage. Yeah. I think having your marriage on the top of your mind is really important, even when dealing with um, conflict or complaints or little things that you got to clean up in the marriage or that we have to clean up in our marriage. How, not coming at it from like, I'm empty and I need you to f- fulfill me and mm-hmm. I need you to treat me so, better so that I'm okay. But saying like, hey, I'm not feeling respected right now. And, and it's putting a break in the marriage. Yeah. Or it's putting a crack in the marriage that we can fill that. And I, I, as much as I always say that, that I don't believe that we have sexual needs, that's a man and a woman. I do actually believe that a marriage has sexual needs. Mm-hmm. Because a marriage, that, like, that's such a central component to intimacy in a marriage. And so if that can make sense, like a, a man on his own, a woman on her own, I don't believe we have sexual needs, but a marriage for a marriage to really prosper, that's God's mm. design for sex to be part of that. That's so great, man. Like, Cause like what even we're talking about, it spurred something on me. The marriage is, marriage does have needs. Yeah. Like for instance, and that, that, like you're talking about sex. Yes, absolutely. That is a need within our marriage, but it also requires for us to be vulnerable with each other, to share what our needs are with each other. And that's the most beautiful picture of marriage is that we're vulnerable with our spouse. We're sharing what we do need. You know, we need intimacy. We need that emotional, spiritual, and physical aspect from each other. God, that's God ordained. He, he embedded that in our marriage so that we love each other. And yeah, so we have those needs in our marriage and, and that requires our vulnerability. So that isn't, we're not trying to paint this picture of it's God and me and, and then I you push everybody aside because yeah. I don't need them. No, that's not, not the picture that God gives given us for marriage. But what we mean is that is a relationship with God first where it needs to be. And then second, living out of that, 
you know, how can I bring health to my marriage in the way that I serve? And we're both called to that. And there's needs that God's given us out of that, that we're, that we need to share with each other. And then also that we need to work hard to meet. So how can you affair proof your marriage? Where, where are you right now? Well, how is your marriage right now? What do you need? And what's your spouse needing? I loved it a month ago. Uh, my wife just looked at me and she said, how could I be more kind to you? And that's such a great Wow, question. that's a great question. It's yeah. a great question. Yeah. Not like she's always mean. But <laughs> no, <laughs> she's, no, she's a sweetie. But but she said, how can I be more kind to you? And what a great question for us to ask our spouses, right? Because if we can be more kind to each other or serve each other more, there's always going to be blind spots. We're always going to miss it. Mm-hmm. We're imperfect. I mean, I I think she's more of a servant in our marriage than I am. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to be more like you. <laughs> and it's right. cool. But but even in Ephesians 5 here, it says to be imitators of Christ. So I think, how could I how could I be like Christ and serve serve the church or serve my wife the way that he did to the church, right? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so I, I miss it every day. But for us to talk to each other and like, what can I do for you? Not just, hey, this is what you could do for me. Mm-hmm. That's a way to affair proof your marriage because all of a sudden you can open up the conversation about, uh, a crack in the marriage that maybe you weren't seeing that, that they were, they were only seeing yeah. and you can do now what you can to fix it. And so what can you do? I'm wondering as listeners, what can you do right now with your marriage, both for you, both for your, uh, also for your spouse, also just to honor God. Maybe both of you are on the same page on something, but it doesn't honor God. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe you're both tolerant of sin mm. in your marriage, but it doesn't honor God. You know, I mean, this is an extreme example, but I hear this with people that are involved in swinging. And I was talking to a guy last week, actually, who they used to do that and they're swinging, but they both were for it. Right. But it wasn't good for the marriage. Right. Didn't honor God. So that actually led to infidelity where it was outside of their agreed upon swinging regulations because that's what always happens. So are you guys both tolerant of sin that maybe that's going to lead to to infidelity in your marriage? Yeah. It could be even porn. Like some couples have That's right. introduced porn into their marriage to try to spice it up. That's right. Um, you're hurting each other. You really are. So I think that you need to revisit why you're doing that and also revisit what God's saying about that. Like don't bring other people into the bed, um, whether it's digital or real. <laughs> like I think that that's why God's given you each other and and you don't need to spice your your relationship up that way. Um, it's just going to cause so much pain for you. So yeah, that's a great point. You know, what are, what are some things as a couple? And that just really spurs me on. I mean, to think about how prayer for Kristen and I has been so central you know, we're not the greatest at this as far as praying together, but one of the things we understand is that couples that stay together, pray together. Sorry, that's pretty cliche, <laughs> but uh, it's true. Like the studies are showing that if you pray together on the regular, your marriage is strengthened. It, and I think that's a really key thing, you know, that you can do together. Pretty tangible, right? And you don't have to be perfect at this. Just figure out, you know, a time and day that works best for you guys. Um, And just try, start, you kind of learn through it because you don't have to have it figured out from day one. It might be starting once a week. Just try that and then build off from there. Um, but pray together. And I think that's a really good thing that you can do to stay connected. And connection is really what this is all about. I mean, if you want to affair-proof your marriage, you got to figure out ways to stay connected. Scheduling regular date nights, you got to do that. Because dates don't just happen magically. They don't yeah. just appear out of the ether. Like you got you to plan them. And so I talked to so many married couples and this is a big area for them, especially guys. I mean, Matt, you can really speak to this. When you have a young family, it's really hard to get out on a date. 
so what are some other ways though? Maybe it doesn't have to be like date can be this dirty word. Like you think expensive, dress up, yeah. go to the best restaurant in town. I mean, when you hear that, that's intimidating. What are some little things you can do to date? Go for coffee or, sh- or share a quick moment together before bed. It might be, you know, it could be simply sharing your thoughts about the day. You know, what are some highs, some lows? Maybe you're able to, you know, even once you do get the babysitter, you're able to plan for that then do something a little bit bigger. But how do you stay connected in, in busy seasons of life where every day you're doing something and it doesn't have to be big, but how do you link arms through the midst of busy seasons of life? Because yeah, the speed of life is hectic. It's crazy. Whether you have young kids or not, or older kids, or you're newly married or, you know, long time married and the kids are out of the house. The pace of life, the speed of life is a thing. And so how do you maintain that connection? And what does that look like for you? And there's a lot of great resources out there. I mean, so many things that can help you and things that aren't necessarily expensive, but find those times in your day to stay connected, even if it's 10 minutes a day, just something to have a conversation about how you're doing in life. You know, where's the marriage at? You know, stuff like that. It's great. Last night, actually, there was a, it wasn't a, well, it was a storm. It wasn't a storm last night, but the clouds were moving. It was, I thought it was going to rain for hours and it never did, but, but it was kind of cold and there were a bunch of clouds and we were just sitting in our living room and. Louise said, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know, just sitting here chatting with you is nice. And then I said, do you want to go lay out, lie outside in the backyard? And she didn't, but that was fine. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a little chilly. You're such a romantic. (laughs) I love it. I don't blame her, but. (laughs) Stare at the stars. Exactly, exactly. I was like, hey, what what shapes can we see in the clouds? I was doing that. But but you were were saying about pray together, uh, couples that pray together, stay together. And I was trying to come up and be funny in my own mind as different rhymes couples that lay together they stay together oh right yeah. they lay yeah. together you gotta have sex you gotta sleep in the same bed that's beautiful yeah and then i was thinking <laughs> you pay together stay together you pay mm-hmm. together so th- and then i thought geez this is actually a a teaching point it, yeah. pay together stay together if you have separate bank accounts or if your finances mm-hmm. are on different terms there is there are studies that your marriages are not going to be as good your finances yeah. are not going to be as good it's called financial infidelity actually just i just heard that term if you keep secrets or have separation in this area you're doing things that the other doesn't know about it's actually kind of financial infidelity because it creates secrets and separation you don't know what's the other person's doing so that's a great point it is right yeah. i know i was yeah. just trying to be funny and then yeah. i'm like wow this is actually a good point yeah. there's people that have affairs and they're there or like see prostitutes and their spouses don't know about it because yeah. they have separate money yeah. and they can get away with it so it's this open door to infidelity yeah. Can you affair proof your marriage totally. you want to affair proof it and that might not start with going to a prostitute it might have started way before where you started buying things or you had access to money that you're supposed to know about yep. and you could just spend whatever you wanted. You're leaving this double life. And when you do that, your next yep. is more advanced. Like you're going to go to something more extreme. Yep. But that's a great point. That, um, that literally happened with me. At the start of our marriage, I had different credit cards that she did and different yep. bank accounts. And yep. uh, I mean, it wasn't like we planned it. It was just we were in the process of joining everything. And I remember I went to a drive-thru one time and I bought something that I don't know what the deal was. If we said we're on a budget and I went outside of it or I don't know what it was, but I didn't tell her that I paid on this credit card that was my own credit card. And then I was like, oh man, I felt guilty. I'm like, I shouldn't pay outside of our joint things. Right. 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 And then, and then I actually had a dream one night and the Lord gave me this picture in the dream of me at that drive through pain. And then I heard the Lord say, don't do that. Wow. I was like, oh man, wow. that's crazy. Wow. And so 
I think we were just, we, we were in the process of that. We always wanted to join our, our money and it's all joined, but, but that is an important thing. But in, even with that, going off of that, that's an area of coming together. But what are other areas where well, you have separate things other than finances totally. and you got to come together? That's so great. So we have, you pray together, you stay together, you pay together, you stay together. How about you play together? Oh, you good. stay together. Where's your friendship at? Marriage is friendship on fire. That's not from me. I've heard that. And that's a great quote. Marriage is a friendship on fire and in fire in a good way. <laughs> so, you know, are you building your friendship together? Are you playing together? You know, I think marriage, we lose that capacity over time of the friendship. And I've, I've heard many wise people smarter than me have told couples that they're like, what do we do? What do we do? How do we save this marriage? And I've heard this go back to being friends, Yeah, keep being friends. And I think that we lose that. So, you know, be friends, like find joint interests together. That doesn't mean that you can't have your own separate things. Like I play hockey, Matt plays hockey, right? We, our wives don't do anything with that. (laughs) Like they they just, you know, the the Oilers in the playoffs right now. And I'm watching that. Kristen isn't really interested in that. I don't, it's okay. You know, I don't think that she'd want to watch a game with me because I'm so stressed out all the time. (laughs) Yeah. You do get high blood pressure, don't you? (laughs) I yelled so loud the other night that my dog, I think he's like permanently scarred. So, (laughs) anyways, um, what I'm saying by that is like, we can maintain some of that autonomy of our own interest, but you have to have shared interest too and play together, find things that you can do together that you both enjoy. And the fun thing about marriage is you may not know what that is going into marriage. Maybe you do, but you can discover these things together. You know, it might be taking a cooking class together. Maybe you love to travel together. Maybe you like to go for walks or try out new restaurants or go rock climbing together. I don't know, like figure these things out and, and find things that you can do. And then just being able to have fun together, you know, like as far as these things, but have conversations, you know, just enjoy each other's company. Do you like your spouse? Like, like that's the thing that we need to think about too, right? Like, so play together. Say together, stay together, say, this is a stretch, but say, what do you say to each other? Do you Ah, talk to each other? Right. like the steam. (laughs) you're, You're talking about us playing hockey Louise goes and dances she's got oh it's funny I bug her she's got like three different dance things a week mm-hmm. some of them are closing up soon but but when she goes and does that I know who she dances with I know what goes on like it's not from like a control but like we just talk I'm like hey how is it who yeah. did you see what were the moves yeah. that you did Yeah. she's like tell me about the goals that you scored I'm like well I'll tell you more about what Braden scored he oh. scored way prettier goals than I did it's cause Matt's but, banking him off uh, of me <laughs> <laughs> But we talk about our individual activities. We talk yeah. about it with each other, right? And now the Oilers are in the playoffs and last game they were going overtime and she's tired and I'm like, you can go to bed. She's like, no, I want to stay out, watch mm. the end of the game. And nice. she would never care during the season, but yeah. she wants to do that with me. So sometimes you can do what you can to do it with each other, the individual activities, yeah, but even right. golfing, right? Like yeah. she, she comes in a cart, with, a cart sometimes with me or for our anniversary a couple times she's taken me out golfing and she's organized it and she comes with me and she hits a few balls but mostly she's in the cart what can you do together even with those individual activities it's fun it's a fair proof in your marriage if you can have fun if you can love respect have that intimacy together why would you want to go outside i mean there's the addictive component to it that you got to deal with but if your marriage is just 
you know, you're rolling along, you don't have addiction. A lot of times people just aren't a fair proofing in these different ways and it leads to disaster. It's true. And even what you're talking about is, I mean, we, we say together, we share what our lives, what's going on in our lives. And it's really, it's not so much sometimes what we're saying that can cause erosion in our intimacy. It's the things we're not saying, you know, we're not sharing with each other. We're not saying the things we need to say to each other. And if you become comfortable sharing, not sharing this much, sorry, you can't see me, but I'm using my fingers and a little, I'm just creating a a little visual here that Matt can see, but you can't. But anyways, if you <laughs> you get comfortable sh- not sharing this much, you'll get more comfortable sharing even more and even more and even more. And over time that erodes your intimacy. And then, yeah, then that's when you're at work and you start sharing something with that attractive coworker and you have a little bit of a tingle. You, you, you feel like there's a connection. And why is that happening? Well, because you're not sharing with your spouse. You're not sharing in with them. And uh, now you're you're starting to look outside. Even if you haven't intentionally done that, it might be uh, one of those subconscious things that's happening. So yeah, talk about with each other what's going on in life. I love that, Matt, what you're saying. You know, like you involve each other in what you do. Um, it doesn't have to be that you bring Louise to uh, the golf course. And maybe she wants to come, but you, you talk about what, what you enjoy and what you're doing. And then that works out to bigger things too, about how you're feeling, how your day is going, what's going on in life for you. You know, what, how do you feel the marriage is going? Stuff like that. I'm trying so hard to come up with another plan word, but I just, <laughs> I can't for this next thing. And you know what? We didn't even plan for this. It's great. It just happened in the podcast. It's awesome. I'm looking at the letters on my keyboard in front of me. I'm like, what are all these letters? Because we had pray, we had lay, 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 we had pay, and we had say, right? Is that, we had four? Yeah. I felt like we might've been missing one, but maybe we're missing maybe, one. Maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah. We'll listen back after this. Yeah. I can't think of another one either. Yeah. Play. Did you say play? I uh, said play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I'm trying <laughs> to think of another one, but I can't, Yeah. but this is, this is a good thing to understand too, with a fair proof in our marriage is conflict is, is really healthy. Or if you have a complaint of some sort, yeah, we, I guess we talked about it in terms of bringing that up and that's good for the marriage, yeah. but it really is healthy to do that. And if you can get to a point where in your communication, you can communicate together and then stay together. Yeah. Right. I was trying so hard and it just went over your head. But <laughs> No, I knew what you were doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was just so bad. You didn't react. <laughs> but, yeah. but if you can communicate in the hard things, the things that like the mm. little disturbances or things that bug you, get to a point where it's not like, it leads to an argument because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to, but you can just talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Those are really good things because the little things that, you know, like the foxes that ruin the vineyard, right? Yeah. Like the little yeah. tiny things that get in the way or erode intimacy. If we can bring those up mm-hmm. with each other in a healthy way, I, I just really believe it's not a bad thing to bring that up. I think it's actually a good thing because really it can healthy. lead to a strength in your marriage. Really healthy. And one of the things we'll say is that, you know, I'll give you a little bit something tangible to leave with here. So complaining really is specific to an issue. It has nothing to do with the character assassination or anything like that. Like you always do this or you never do this or you're just like your dad. Like that's criticism. Um, complaining is, hey, when you leave the dishes in the sink, that makes me feel un- unappreciated. That's a, a complaint. And that's a really good thing. You see how this is specific to the issue? It's not this big broad thing and you're bringing on, hey, but you did this like two weeks ago and, you know, just throwing all these things on the, the, the fire to make the, the conflict even worse. Um, no, it's it's very specific to the issue. So, hey, if we can have that approach and as far as our communication and sharing that, then complaining is a really good thing. We need to talk to each other about what we're feeling, what we need from each other. And um, we need to invite our spouse into that. If you're not sharing with your spouse what you need from them, that's not a good place to be. 
because that's that's really what we need to have that communication with each other Um, because that's when you do start looking outside the marriage because it's often not these big blowouts that lead to affairs it's the cold walls and distance that that eventually leads to that because it's it's built over time and eventually there's just no communication at all and then you start really feeling that coldness and you want to look somewhere for warmth and the best place to look for warmth is in the marriage you're in right now I mean, looking outside of your relationship, you think you're going to find what you need. Oh, if I'm just with that person, or they just have as many flaws as the spouse that you're with right now. In the sense of, if you're looking for that the grass is greener on the other side, it's not a true. It's a myth. It's a myth. You're going to find the same. If if you leave the spouse you're with now to go with someone else, you're going to have all the same issues all over again. You know. So, you, so the best advice we can give you is work on the marriage you're in right now, no matter how far gone it might seem. And um, there's so much hope in that. You know, we, we see studies over time and time again, where if you just stick it out with the one that you're with, if you keep working on it, yeah. the, the report of being happy out of that is, is substantial. So stick in the relationship you're in with now and get help. If you're in a place where you're cold, you're feeling that distance. You don't even know how to have these conversations with your spouse. I mean, we're talking about play with your spouse. You haven't played with your spouse in 25 years or something, right? And you don't know how to come back from that. Hey, uh, we hear you in that, but, you know, make small movements towards your spouse. Start. Just start, get some help, look for resources, you know, connect with a community of people that can just really be for your marriage. I think that these are things that we need to look into, but, you know, strengthen the marriage you're in now. Um, Don't look outside of it. Please don't. The pain that comes from looking outside of your marriage is so substantial. It's not worth it. It really isn't. That two minutes or three minutes or four, whatever it is that you have with that other person is not worth it. It's not. It really isn't. And so we just encourage you, Look to your wife. Look to your husband. This is really so key. We we just encourage you. I think people only like twenty four and under will understand this, but you know, slang like they were the word slay. Yeah. That means that you do it really well. Yes, right, 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 yeah, yeah. So slay together, stay together. <laughs> let's slay the marriage together. Yeah, you, you just yeah. let's go kill it. You're so do relevant. It really well. I love it. <laughs> 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 oh man, let's let's end on that. Slay together, slay stay together. together. Yeah. What can you do today for your marriage to fair proof your marriage, mm-hmm. just to grow your marriage, to grow that intimacy? Really, not just focus on a, per, a fair proof, although that's super wise, but also just how can you prosper? Mm-hmm. And uh, and all of this stuff will help you prosper in marriage and take you to the next level. So thanks for being with us. Hope that that's uh, that this has been a blessing and that something in here has been relevant for you. And uh, it's time now to go. Slay together, stay together. Okay? Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.